Welcome to the Agile Confessional, a podcast that shares fun confessions from people who've spent a large part of their career working in the Agile world. Hear the mistakes they've made along the way so you can avoid falling into the same traps in the future. I'm your host, Giles Lindsay, CEO of Agile Delta Consulting. I'm the coach who absolves my guests of the sins made in the Agile world. It's time to listen in on the latest instalment. Welcome to episode 11 of the Agile Confessional. Today's guest is Scott Sivright. Hey, Scott. Hey, Giles. Thanks for having me here today. Scott is an Edinburgh-based full-stack Agile coach from product to DevOps. He's been unlearning ways of doing creating value and flow from way, way back in the 1980s when he started in testing. He fell in love with Lean with Deming and then systems thinking from Checkland. He works with organizations who are transforming to more flow-based ways of working. He is agnostic in his views and has worked in Scrum, Kanban, and scaling agility. He is really obsessed with flat teams and loves pirates. His closest influences in Agile have been Clark Ching, the late Martin Burns, and Evan, who works with the BAI. He really loves helping people overcome their imposter phenomenon and encourages new voices. He is passionate about diversity, inclusion, and finding fresh voices and new ideas. Scott, shall we begin? Yes, please, coach. Forgive me, coach, for I have sinned. And what agile sins would you like to confess? My first sin is heckling. I'm a heckler. I've got a huge problem with heckling. Can we introduce the audience into the concept of heckling? Do you know where the word heckling comes from? No idea. Churchill. Churchill is an interesting guy. He actually stood for parliament in Dundee. And he lost because Dundee at the time was a pretty radical city. Dundee's famous for three things at the time, which was uh, jam, jute, and journalism. So jam, we all know. That's because they got a load full of uh, oranges once and made marmalade. Okay. Journalism, you know, everything from the dandy to all the papers always came from Dundee. But jute, it's a hard material that used to get made into uh, lots of material bits. And to do jute, one of the things you had to do was take the fibers and split them out. And it was a horrible job, and it was like a job at the bottom of the pay scale because it was like hard work. You know, Dundee was a very much a transient town, so people came from all over, came to Dundee. So two things happened. One was that the term the hecklers came out. The hecklers were the people that heckled the jute. And they would work long, really long hours. As soon as they came out, they went to the pub. They worked such long hours that they usually arrived to events late. Hence the time, oh, the hecklers have arrived, meaning the noisy ones. Apparently, Churchill was at the Caird Hall. Um, he's kind of a conservative in a top hat, looking a little bit like, uh, I guess, Rhys Mogg, uh, in the middle of like a socialist Dundee trying to stand for Parliament. And in the middle of the Caird Hall, the uh, the hecklers turned up, which is like all these kind of like you know socialist manual workers come straight out of the pub and started uh, abusing him on stage. And that's when the national press picked up on the hecklers attacking Mr. Churchill. That's where hecklers come from. Did you know any of that? I didn't, no. My late friend, Martin Burns. Martin Burns died last year, a really big tragedy. Martin and I were like, uh, yeah, we're both big fat guys. After he's died, I've lost six stones. Like, I guess he was a health warning when he had a heart attack and died. And lots and lots of agile coaches around the world and people have helped me with that. So, But that's been quite transformative for me. One of the last conversations I remember having was uh, Martin at the end of a meetup going, um, you need to stop doing what you're doing. So what am I doing? He says, you're heckling people. I said, no, no, I'm just helping them with their talk. (laughs) (laughs) 
so what would happen was I, I did a lot of analysis. I, I overanalyze things as well. It's another sin, but we we'll probably won't have time to get to it. What I would do was if a speaker was struggling and I felt like the audience losing the talk, I would put some humor in, which in my way I thought, well, I'm trying to stop that little bit of tension and I'm trying to encourage the speaker. What I didn't realize was when I was doing that, I completely knocked the speaker off their tracks. So Martin was quite an intense guy as well. Probably got some neuro... We, we had different neurodiversity issues. Mine is dyslexia. I'm very relaxed about things. Martin was the opposite. He was... Uh, I could never diagnose him, but Lucy, his wife, and I were convinced of the touch of Asperger's there. <laughs> so the other thing was when he was giving feedback, it, it did feel like you had this really intense like eye of siren on you. And Andy said, yeah, you, you need to stop it. And I'm like, stop what? The heckling. I'm not heckling. I'm just encouraging the speakers. <laughs> you're not, you're heckling. And he was going like, how do you think they feel? I'm, at this point, I'm going red because being a Scottish Viking, I don't really take that much. You know, someone says to you, you know, you're a chop. This is a word I learned from my South African coach friends, which is probably the least offensive term. You know, you're a chop. And I go, oh, yeah, of course I'm not a chop. Uh, I, I still remember this. And I still remember Martin looking at me and he wouldn't let me break his gaze. And I thought, well, this is terrible. So I went and asked some people. The other thing that was bad is, because I used to do this at meetups, particularly, because I used to be the warm-up guy. So I would always get everyone fired up, get the jokes going, get a few beers on board as well. So uh, honestly, to anyone who's listening to this who I heckled, I can only, really can only apologize. And I was doing it with love, and I was doing it to try and help you. So three ways I might have heckled you are, one is you were struggling a little bit, you'd lost the momentum and you'd lost the group, so I was trying to bring the group back. The other one was you probably made a very obscure point that I think half the audience lost. So I was bringing that back into kind of uh, relevant. And the other one was you were dying. <laughs> when Martin got me to look at my behavior, I started asking around and people were very split. So some people were like, no, we love it because it keeps the meetups quite funny. And then others were like, no, it, it's really bad. And honestly, it, there was a gender split as well. A lot of the kind of the, I guess the kind of the, the blokes liked it. Didn't find a single woman that liked it. So... I reflected on this a lot and I stopped heckling. Deliberately would bite my tongue. I had to come up with a lot of ways of doing this. So one of the ways was I got all the meetup organizers to tell me when I was doing it and I give them permission to come in and, and stop me from doing it. And the other thing was anytime I would say anything, I started preparing a tweet and then I never sent it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you got really bad because I was at an Alistair Coburn talk and my good friend Tony Christensen, who's now in, uh, in Australia, he introduced the talk and code of conduct. He said, look, you know, we want a respectful atmosphere. We want a code of conduct. And then he said, no heckling. And I thought, oh my God, this is the only meet I've ever been at where they've said no heckling. And he looked at me when he said no heckling. <laughs> and I went up to him afterwards and I went, did you just say that no heckling thing for me? <laughs> and he went, yeah. And that's when you know you've got a problem. <laughs> when people see in the audience and start calling you out. I may do the odd heckle now and then. But it's really got better, and uh, I really, really worked hard on it. And I can only really apologize to all those people that I've heckled over the years. So what did you learn from this? I think I learned a couple of things. If a speaker's dying, it's not my problem to fix. And if a speaker's talking about something where I think there's a disconnect with the audience, it's not my problem to fix. And meetups aren't entertainment. So people come along to learn. They're not coming along to be entertained. So I don't have to be Eric Morgan. Um what advice would you then give to others? This is a simple one. Don't heckle. The gender stuff's fascinating. So when I started talking to female friends, um, and they all hated it, and they all had hated it for a while, but just something that hadn't worked out. Feedback's important. And I guess it's the shift in behavior was driven by the feedback. So if I'd went around everyone and they all said, no, it isn't a problem, then it might have just been Martin's opinion. But the fact that I went and asked a lot of people and uh, you know, a lot of them backed it up. Yeah, seek feedback. 
always trying to modify your behavior. I've got a friend, Dov, who says this. The three people tell you to go to bed because you're drunk. You're drunk, so go to bed. So again, always listen to other people. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Scott, are you ready for your absolution and penance? I am. Well, good. Scott, you'll be very happy to hear that I absolve you of your agile sins and that your penance is going to be to create 10 YouTube videos where you're going to explore with 10 friends the challenges of imposter syndrome and share how they overcame it. I would happily do that. I think that would be a very useful thing to do. Thank you. Thank you for absolving me. Well, Scott, thanks for being awesome and thanks for being here today. Thanks very much, Charles. Thank you.